an open look, he's knocking it down better than any other shooter. Better than Buddy Heald, better than Harden, better than anybody. So teams are saying, huh, let's make him drive. Let's not let Joe drive, let's make Bogey drive. And it's just funny. It's it's kind of the ebb and flow of the league. It's what happens. You, you go through a stretch where you play like four really good defensive teams and they, they kind of copycat each other and they figure out a way to beat you. And you lose a little swagger and confidence, but then you regain it. That's kind of been the jazz. So that's just going to be known as the Mike Smith prophecy. He nailed it. If you listen to the podcast that I did with him before the Wizards game, he said it was about setting up against Washington, Cleveland, New York for the Boston game the next week. Remain competitive for that Celtics game. Well, the Jazz did one better. They won it, and now they're in a good groove. Five games straight. We'll get into how it happened, and you'll hear from Alema Harrington discussing one of the Jazz's biggest boosts off the bench. Might be the wardrobe. Part two of our conversation with the Jazz TV host. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga. Round Ball Roundup is brought to you by Fanatics. For authentic Utah Jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanaticsauthentic.com slash utahjazzgu. That's fanaticsauthentic.com slash utahjazzgu. Mike set it up. You allow Boyan Bogdanovich to drive, limit what Joe Ingles can do as the operator. Well, over the five-game stretch, I mean, not only has Joe ticked it up as far as the way that he's played, same for Bogey, who's broken out of the post-All-Star slump. He had 32 against Detroit. Joe continues to show his revival. Since Washington, 7.2 points per game, 5.6 assists, 4.8 rebounds, all ball shooting 57.1% from the field and 46.7% from three. He's playing alongside Mike Conley on the bench with that unit of Jordan Clarkson, Tony Bradley, and George Niang. It was huge against Boston to see that group play really well. And not only offensively, they showed it defensively. And consider all those adjustments that have happened. And we've just seen it in the takes that we've viewed online. And as the tide comes in, it also goes out. The thing that has been constant or at least close to it, has been post-Jordan Clarkson how good this team has been offensively. In the year of the take, where we have to have gut reactions to a loss that occurs, what needs to remain is the take integrity that we had post-JC acquisition. It's been that the offense has been number one, the defense has been wanting, 18th since that trade. And what happened during that losing streak? The offense wasn't being compensated by the defense once they went into that slump. When they couldn't make shots, you also couldn't rely on getting defensive stops. So it looked out of whack. Well, this next stretch, and as we continue throughout the year, it's about finding a level of consistency that gives you just enough to win ballgames. I know the original intention was top 10 offense and defense as Jay-Z and Dennis Lindsay spoke in Vegas during the acquisitions of Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley. But it's not going to be 8-8. It's going to be clearly heavily on the seesaw of an offensive team as opposed to a defensive team. There aren't big precautions to that being the case because 
Quinn Snyder is an excellent defensive coach. We'll see another great defensive mind when Nick Nurse and the Raptors come in tonight. You can see that this team's going to score points. How are they going to do once the defense is relied upon? They have a defensive player of the year, so they're in good hands. Sharpening those tools to harness that is where you've got to go. It was an incredible defensive game plan against Boston. Playing high up on those pick and rolls, blowing things up for Jason Tatum. It should be in mind that they didn't have Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown, but they still couldn't score. 99.8 offensive rating for Boston. Tatum, who had been on a tear, everybody knows the numbers. 18 points on 19 shots. And on the other end, it was Utah finding fire from three, making 13 of them in the first half, ended up with 17 on the night on 45 shooting. Mike Conley was clutch, hit six big threes in the ballgame. One huge one late in the fourth quarter. He goes for a game-high 25, looked very comfortable out there. Five assists, three steals. It was that pressure that they were applying that led to those easy opportunities, running up and down, having a little more transition. Mike's gotten more consistent, and it was a bright spot to see him play back-to-back games. Goes the next night in Detroit, and he scores 12. A nice compliment in that starting lineup. Boyan carries the big low, 32 points, and Donovan goes for 25. But it was the defense in stretches that were impactful. First half, Utah blew him out. Detroit only scored 39. They fight back in the second half, 79-79 in the fourth quarter. And then Jordan Clarkson, J.C., hits a three, puts them up by five, and Utah didn't look back. It got a little hairy. Donovan had to save a ball off the floor and find Boyan, but they played enough defense in that one to show that they can carry that offense as well. Rudy's line against Boston wasn't going to stand out and isn't going to pop eyes, but those nine points, seven rebounds, three blocks, important. Harp was going off on how impactful he was in the second half, and it showed by how they were able to limit things for Tatum. Just nine points in that second half. After how clutch he was the week before, Utah put the clamps down. Didn't allow them to shoot threes. They go 10 of 36. It was really good stuff from Utah. And that bleeds into this week, where you get the number two defensive team since December 26th and the number eighth defensive team in Toronto and OKC, respectively. The offense is going to be challenged by these defenses. Can you get enough on that side of the ball for Utah to overpower these teams and get those victories? That's the question that you have to think to yourself over the next two weeks. Because you got a couple of games against L.A., If something works with Toronto tonight with the great tactician of Nick Nurse, well, you can bet that the next team's going to use it OKC at home, and then the Pelicans are going to try and recreate it on Friday at the Viv. They have such smart personnel, Toronto does. Kyle Lowry, who was playing down the stretch in that All-Star game because he's as confident as anyone, he just doesn't make mistakes. Then Pascal Siakam taking that next step into a leap of another strata of player in this league. The record hasn't missed much without Kawhi Leonard. And Quinn Snyder was asked about that very issue today. They play to their personnel as well as anybody. And, you know, you look at Kyle Lowry, I think his leadership doesn't matter. He doesn't care who's out there. He's just trying to win, you know, and, and 
Siakam, I think, has emerged as not just one of the best players in the East. You could argue, like, he's one of the best players in the NBA. And um, what he's given them, and, you know, you go down the line, Norman Powell's playing great. You know, Van Fleet is so competitive and, and knows how to play, and Gasol and Ibaka. So they, they've got good players. But the biggest thing about them, they're well-coached. And, you know, you can just see that, you know, the way that they connect with one another. And, you know, they're confident, you know, and, and they compete all the time. Three-game winning streak for them, three-game winning streak for the Thunder, two good defenses to oppose them. Way different places that Utah's in now than when they lost to those teams back in December. Toronto was a historic loss the way that they played in that first half. Ended up losing 130-110. to 110. Then OKC, they drop it a couple days later in a game where it was thought to be a bad loss. Well, it's borne out that the Thunder, currently it would be the 4-5 matchup with the Jazz. Things change, adjustments are made, and as we see the Jazz build cohesion, these are the tests that you want to measure them against. It wasn't broken, but there wasn't rhythm. And Mike Smith has nailed it with his prophecy. Let's go to a hard switch from the hoops to the lifestyle. Lemma Harrington, the jazz pre-half and post host alongside Mike, he gave us insight into the fashion. Walked right into the interview with me wearing a rally hoodie. If you don't know what a rally hoodie is, it's almost a tie-dye sweatshirt with an upside-down jazz logo. You know, like the rally cap, it's the rally hoodie. He comes in with style, so he knows a thing or two. We discuss JC's style, Jordan Clarkson, who's not only given a boost on the bench, he's given a boost on the red carpet. Here's that conversation with Alema Harrington. From a historical standpoint, the thing that is different is we have social media now. Right. We've always been watching athletes and what they're wearing, but we haven't have had the, the avenue to be able to follow it the way that we do now. And so I think we're following it more uh, because of the social media side of it. And, and because it's, it's in social media, then it's expanded maybe the audience for it. And, and people are, are kind of digging it. They're like, you know, I wonder, there, there was, you know, those moments when OKC was, was you know, playing extremely well and Russell, Russell Westbrook was like, yeah. I wonder what Russell's going to wear to, you know, the post-game podium and, um, or what he's going to wear into the building. I remember there was a, a time, it might have been two years ago, when we were playing OKC and he showed up in a tuxedo with no shirt. <laughs> you remember yeah. that? <laughs> I don't know if I can pull that off. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. you got to recognize, man, could I pull that off? It's like probably not. It's kind of like fashion week when you go and you see all these, these you know, grand fashions. And then you got to, you know, figure out, like, how am I going to make that, you know, possible for everybody to wear it? Or, you know, for myself personally, can I pull that off? Let's look at these yeah. looks from Jordan Clarkson couple that he's debuted for the Jazz in our arriving style by Mr. <laughs> Mac. The first yeah. one that we're looking at, he has almost quilt-like yeah. pants on the bottom and then an in-and-out yeah. uh, burger uh, jacket. Yeah. What do you make of this the thing, The thing that pops out to me first and foremost is the return of the, whether you call it a bomber or a varsity right. jacket, right? 
uh, Letterman jacket. Uh, become very popular, almost, you know, it's almost, you know, uniform for, for guys to wear a hoodie and, um, and a, a bomber or a Letterman's jacket. I love this look. Lots of different colors. And, you know, um, you've gotten away from the super slim pants and gone with something a little extravagant, right? And so uh, there, there's, there's a lot of clashing going on here. But what it does is when he walked in the building, it was like, whoa, whoa. And yeah. so I, I really like this, and I really like the the Letterman's jacket. I've got a few of those myself that that uh, I've added to my wardrobe um, on off days when I'm not in a suit. <laughs> I like this. I, if I was going to rank this from a you know a one to a ten, I'd put this in a, probably an eight point eight. Eight point eight yeah. dilemmas. Going on to the next look. This was for his return to Cleveland. Yeah. He went with an all black. And then a trucker's yeah, hat yeah. on top. What do you make of this? You know, the trucker hat is kind of, it went away. And, and um, you know, sometimes when fashion is very popular and then it goes away, like a dad hat would be probably more commonplace. Yeah. And for you to go back and find something that maybe works for you. And, and he's able to wear this extremely well. I love the dark clothes with the trucker hat with the white on the top that kind of pops as you watch him walking down the hall in this particular picture, um, you know, what you notice is, is Jordan Clarkson's face. It brings attention to his face. So I like this outfit too. I'd probably give this a, I'd give it an 8.5. Ooh, yeah. all right. You like the other one yeah. a little bit better, but this one was just the return. This one <laughs> is extravagant. Some of the stuff that I think when you looked at Jordan Clarkson yeah. coming in, I wanted to see more of this. Yeah. You have almost a checker print up top. There's fur involved, yeah. black. Uh, it's, it's quilted, it's, yeah. It, Similar to the pants he had on in the first picture. Exactly. Right. You go quilt bottom, now he's got quilt top. Yeah. And then beneath that, he's got denim. Yeah. And to wrap it off, a yeah. cool pair of J's as well. What do you make of this? Uh, I, I like the layering look of this. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not crazy about this look, but I, I like it because it works for Jordan. Right. Okay. When you look at this, and, and here's one of the... the, the um, I guess, you know, a little bit of a, some insight for, for people that are thinking about fashion. Part of it is that you go back and you look at what people were wearing 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. But you can't just go and get that from, you know, a vintage store. You have to update it a little bit, right? So what, what Jordan has done here is the fit on this particular coat is different than it was 20 years ago. This is something similar to what you would see, but the fit is a little slimmer. Um, and then he layered it up with the denim jacket underneath. And then he's got the hat that's kind of pulled up a little bit so you can see his face. And then the beautiful thing about what we have today is the shoes. You know, yep. the shoes are critical. And so I love watching what, he's been pretty classic lately I think he's he's wearing uh, the freak sh you know shoe, uh, Nike shoe, um, with with two different laces, and guys are going more and more. When the the NBA when the league said you know you guys can wear whatever you want, there was a time when that was not the case. Um, you know guys have used that to make a fashion statement too. So he's making the statement where there with those Jordans. Wait, what would you rate this? Uh, um, out so of, uh, even though I don't out of ten particularly care for this, like. Because I couldn't pull that off, I'm gonna give that a nine. Oh, yeah. nine. Yeah, because of uh, because just just because it's avant-garde, it's yes. it's a little outside the box. It's pushing the envelope, 
And, um, and so I just, I, you know, I, I give it extra points for that part of it. It's daring, yeah. that's for sure. Going on to the next look, this more of a comfy, yeah. comfier look for Jordan. He's got Vans on, checkerboard, and then... Uh, what, a Chevrolet hoodie? Is that what he's got on? Is that it, a Chevrolet logo? It is. Yeah. Chevrolet logo yeah. hoodie, and then uh, camouflage pants. And I like this, too, because he's got the, the checker Vans, and so they kind of clash with it. I can't tell if that's a camo, but I think there's some camo in the pants, right? And I like it when guys bring their shoes in like this, so you mm -hmm. can see beforehand, and you get a few shots. Um, obviously, there's plenty of websites out there that will you know, let you know what guys are, are we wearing, fits. right? Um, so um, shout out to all of the, the, the different uh, uh, social media sites that, that give you that update. Here's the, the, you know, the issue, not the issue, but can be a problem. When you are so um, outside of the box, when you come back with something like this, it, it almost looks plain. Right. Now, now the, the truth is, if we hadn't seen the previous pictures of Jordan Clarkson, then this would be like, wow, man, look at that. He's got you know, the red hoodie and matching with the, with the, the skull cap and, and the different looks here. And if I hadn't seen the other ones, this would probably get somewhere between a, you know, a seven and an eight. But because he's worn the other things, this is gonna get a, a low seven, you know, 7.2 for, for this outfit. Still avant-garde, still pushing the, the envelope. But when you look at it, you know, with, you know, understanding of his entire um, body of work, so to speak, then this is, this is a little bit more subdued. For John Stockton, yeah. this would be a Picasso. Yes. But for Jordan Clarkson, this is just, yeah. I mean, yeah. this, this is, is a print that you can soup. Yeah, you, you can pick up at Walmart. <laughs> That's Jordan Clarkson's fourth look, the fourth, yeah. fifth and final look. Personal favorite for mine, mm. four-button suit yeah. that he comes in. This looks like something that he would yeah. walk down Fashion Week right? for him, So Jordan Clarkson. Once again, what you do is you take something that's classic from 20 years ago, right. right? And you change it up a little bit. Like 20 years ago, the lapels, which is you know the collar part of this suit, would be probably all the way to the shoulder, mm -hmm. right? But he takes that same suit in a plaid, and instead of it being longer, he's he shortened it up a little bit. So he's wearing, and and you don't see a whole lot of double-breasted out there. So this is kind of different because it's got the double-breasted, and then you take the whole suit look with the t-shirt underneath. I believe that's a t-shirt underneath, and then like you know it. you you finish it off, of course with the shoes yeah right so on a scale of one to ten i'm going to give this one just a, a straight up eight um uh because it's just there, there's not enough color popping okay. through there maybe um i'm not sure how 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 he would you know switch that up but you know just so so people understand eight is a great number yeah right eight is a great number so great looks for Jordan Clarkson. I, I love that. I remember about, you know, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but when, when Darren Williams was here, I was doing a show called Powerhouse, and it was a, a KJS TV show. And I sat down with Darren and talked with him about style. He had just been in, I can't remember if it was, it was one of the men's magazines where, um, you know, there's some fashion looks in there. 
Um, and, and so I sat down with him and asked him about, you know, his fashion sense, and then it was Boozer and, and uh, you know, some of the guys on the team at that time that, uh, that were trying to push the envelope a little bit with the fashion. I understand it's a podcast, so it's not a visual medium, but you can see the looks on social media how JC has upped the curating for the Jazz. Tired's new section of fans are embracing it. Embracing this team. You Shout out to the Philippines, those of you listening. I look at the demographics of the people who are listening to the program. Philippines, stand up. Alema gives his grades for those looks, and he likes them. They're daring. It's very different from the 90s. Jeans and t-shirt won't cut it nowadays. Thank you to Alema for giving that fashion breakdown. I want to do the very same with Kristen Kenny coming up here on the Round Ball Roundup as well. So stay tuned for that. If you want to hear part one, the basketball conversation with Alema, make sure to check out the podcast. Make sure you let other people know that you're listening to the program. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. That's the place to go. And you know the drill. Five stars and nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. I'm JP Chunga. And until next time, bye for now.